fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Health Radio, and thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, Dr. Henry Ely, and thank you. Thank you for sharing the evidence you can trust on Energetic Health Radio and the This Week in COVID research articles found on the America Out Loud Network. If you're ready for another great show, so am I. Let's go to work, baby, right? Folks, I am so excited about today's show. Um, as you know, I mean, we can just, we're all on complete exhaustion, probably PTSD at this point, when we're talking about all the problems associated with COVID and the corruption and what it's meant to our families and everything. And those stories are important. We're actually going to bring to you next week. We're going to have special guests, um, Maddie DeGarry, I think if she's, she's a little shy, so we'll see if she wants to participate, but her mother, Stephanie DeGarry and Amanda Damien, who are getting the word out nationwide about the injuries and what's going on. They're going to be special guests on next week. And we're going to talk about not only their experience and everything, which is really sad when you, when you talk to them, but also there's a lot of hope in there. And we're going to talk about that and bring that forward with them. So we're excited about that. But today's show, today's show, I'm really super excited to talk about proactive measures, things that we can do to make sure that we are not in a state of slavery. All right. I'm going to say something to you. You're going to hear this several times throughout today's show. Sickness is slavery. You're being enslaved into a medical system that has proven itself that it does not care and cannot provide definitive solutions in chronic situations and even in infectious situations. Now, that medical system in an emergent situation, top notch, never get a complaint. There's never been a better medicine in the history of mankind for emergencies than allopathic medicine, never. But after that, their track record falls off a cliff, in my professional opinion. And I have a right to that opinion because I just happen to have some experience in this field. When we're looking at all of this, you know, I say sickness is slavery. Well, health becomes freedom. So the effort for all of us becomes, how can I learn how to take care of this amazing body I've been given, this gift, this absolute gift that I've been given of life? How can I take care of it? Because what's so phenomenal about your body, my body, everybody, is that the body is designed to heal and it doesn't ask for much, but what it needs, it needs. And we have to learn how to give it what it needs so that it can give back to us high production of energy, all of the good feeling that goes along with being healthy, and of course, the good thoughts that come along with being healthy. When you're not feeling well, it changes how we think. We all know this, right? We all know this. I'm feeling like crap. Well, you're going to have some thoughts that you're not going to be at your best for thinking, making decisions, interacting with people, right? So now imagine, go ahead and take a look at all the people in leadership roles that have been elected and appointed. 
I'm, I'm so appalled at the number of obese people that are the heads of public health departments, okay? Now, that's not a judgment. That's a discernment, all right? I look at them and go, you're not healthy. How can you be the head of a public health department if you're not healthy? Elected officials, how can you make good decisions that are benevolent and consider the broad scope of all opinions out there if you're not healthy, if your body's rigid, if you're sick? These are important questions. There's nothing more essential to freedom, the expression and the, the re realization of freedom than being healthy. And that's why health freedom to me is the only topic worth discussing in this day and age. Now, the last couple of weeks, we've been working really hard, folks, on the grand jury um, petitions. I, I'm so excited about that. We, or we, we got it filed. We are about to release it in a big way nationwide. We want you involved. We want you to know what's going on. We want you to know that we've been fighting for you. We want you to know there's good people out there that have been working selflessly, tirelessly in the name of freedom for all and freedom forever in the name of justice, right? And that's very important to us. It's big time important to us. I've also been invited into a really important community, the community that's formed from all of the post-inoculation injuries, and a lot of them are children. And so it's a really an honor and a privilege for me to be invited into their community and to be uh, able to help. I'm really excited about that. So we're gonna be sharing more about that in coming weeks as well. But I just wanted to say, if you've been wondering where the This Week in COVID research articles are, we're gonna publish, start publishing again regularly. I just had a lot of work to do. A lot of work to do with the grand jury and, and helping to get some of these first kids uh, set up for um, for care, you know, because nobody's helping them. I mean, there's a lot of people that have good intentions and are offering advice, but nobody's really helping. You know what I'm saying? So it's just an honor and a privilege that they are have invited me into performing that capacity. And um, as always, pro bono, that's how we have to do things right here. You know, we have to show that this isn't about money for us, that this is about doing what's right and setting that example so that we can have future generations look at us and go, hey, thank you. You fought for me when I couldn't fight, fight for myself. You, you did what needed to be done when you were called into service. And I think that's the only thing that's interesting to me right now. And I hope that's interesting to you. So big shout out to all the mama bears out there that have been living that for a long time. Big shout out to the convoy. Keep going, folks. You know, you know, uh, road dog it on. You know, we are so grateful and proud of you. And big shout out to everyone out there participating in ways big, small, little, grand, doesn't matter. Everyone that's putting themselves on the right side of history, I salute you and I say thank you for all you're doing for me and my family as well. Now we get into the question of the day. What's the question of the day? What is the duty of a healthcare professional, of a medical professional? What is, what is our duty? Well, I think to get into duty, we have to get into an understanding of language and words, all right? Because they tell us a great deal about what's going on. What does the word doctor mean? For example, doctor comes from the Latin root dociere. Dociere means to teach. That means that my duty, if I call myself a doctor, is to teach my patient. Well, what am I teaching them? 
I'm teaching them how to not need me. One of my favorite things when I start working with a new patient in the opening conversation before I sit down and listen to them for about 90 minutes, um, because, you know, we don't listen to each other enough. You know, we think we know everything. No, we don't. You can't know everything unless you listen. And you got to listen for a good amount of time because people have a lot going on, right? So these five-minute visits and I know what's going on, please get out of my face. That's not how it's supposed to work. It takes time to practice medicine. It takes time for the body to heal. It takes a lot of love and a lot of compassion, and a lot of patience and a lot of nutrients and a lot of, a lot of understanding what's going on. But doctor means teacher. So my duty is to teach this person before me how to get healthy again, but also how to not need me. So what I'll tell my patients in the first visit is, my job is to become obsolete in your life. What a novel concept for a doctor to think in that way, right? My job is to become obsolete in your life, not needed. That's my job. That's my duty here to you. And I can only do that by empowering you or excuse me, teaching you how to tap into the power you already possess. You understand what I'm getting, right? In these words, there's an intention of what we are focused on doing. And that's so important to the success. Let's look at what nurse means. I'm going to pull up nurse. Where is nurse at? A nurse comes from uh, the Latin root, and I might be, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing this. It's spelled N-U-T-R-I-R-E, nutrire. I, I would assume I don't have a degree in Latin, so there you go. But what it means is to suckle, all right? And basically the implication being to nurture. So a nurse is supposed to nurture the patient. So if the doctor isn't providing that, isn't providing that nurturing element because the doctor is off in their own world of trying to problem solve, you bring in an advocate for nurturing because it was understood that the patient needs not just the knowledge and wisdom that a doctor might possess, not just the teaching that a doctor might possess, but is going to need something beyond that, the hug, the compassion, the care, the connection with, a, with someone. So that's where nurses come on to assist in that capacity and provide this suckling, the nurturing aspect to the healing process. Well, we look at other words here. We look at words like, what does physician mean? Well, let's go take a look at what physician means. Circa 1200 comes from Fissien, which I think is uh, French, and it was uh, taken over by uh, Anglo-Norman, I think, influence. But a uh, healer is one who practices the art of healing, um, uh, of disease, and of preserving health, a doctor of medicine. So this is, this is the kind of definition of, of Fissien. It was a healer, right? But they took it and they added something when the Anglo-Norman comes in, they add something to it about it being about medicine and equating it to physics, meaning that a physician is somebody who sees the body only from the physical realm, doesn't, doesn't incorporate really the emotional components, doesn't really incorporate energetic components or faith-based components, spiritual components. Those are not factors for the physician in health. The physician only cares about the physical. All right. That's why you'll never hear me refer to myself as a physician. All right. Now let's look at another word, because if you haven't caught what's going on, if you haven't caught what's going on, what they're doing is changing the languaging again. And now 
it's all healthcare providers, right? A provider, a provider, a provider. They're not referring to themselves as doctors. They're not referring to themselves as nurses, physicians. You are now just a healthcare provider. And what that allows them to do is these quick turnarounds where you're in front of a new doc, what we used to call a doctor. Now it's a provider. You're in front of a new provider every day. There's always a new person when you're in the hospital. You never have the same person two days in a row, which of course completely disrupts continuity of care and sets the stage for uh, misdiagnosis, mis, uh, maltreatment, malpractice, things like that. But who cares? Because they're all just providers. They're no longer teachers. They're no longer nurturers. They're no longer even looking at this from a physical perspective as a physician. This is just, we're providing a service here. So what's a provider? We look up the word provider and we see a provider is one who supplies a means of subsistence, such as parents, one that makes something such as a service available, right? So when we look at that definition, what they are saying is we just want to provide a service. Now, it's not about teaching so that you don't need us. It's not about nurturing because we understand that that's a part of the healing process. It's not even about looking at you just from a physical perspective as a, a physician would. It's about just saying, here's a service. And what's that service? Continuation of the providing of medicines or of pharmaceutical medicines specifically, because the intention is that you're going to need those now from cradle to the grave, that you can't exist as a human being without some aspect of the pharmaceutical industry involved in your life. And that is preposterous. That is absolutely preposterous, particularly when you know how to care for your amazing body. You want to fight for freedom. You want to, you want to fight this, this system, this, this cancer that is spreading throughout this country, the way to fight this system is by not fighting this system. The way to best fight this system is to simply say, you know what? I'm going to exit the slavery that you are proposing to me, the slavery that I should be sick my entire life and de therefore dependent upon you. We're going to exit that not by fighting against you, but simply by saying, I'm going to take control of my health. I'm in charge of this. Why am I in charge of this? Because the gift was given to me. It wasn't given to the pharmaceutical industry. The gift of my life was given to me. It wasn't given to Pfizer or Moderna. It wasn't given to the government. Are you kidding me? It was given to me. It's my duty to take care of this precious gift that I've been given, not theirs. And I don't want them to even think they have the right to do it because they're going to do a bad job. They've already proven that. This is why I don't like those words. And I, I like dossiere, doctor. I will always love that because it's teacher. And I do like the word nurse because it's nurturer. But out the physician, provider, please, eh, eh, no thanks. But there's a word I really do like, and it's called healer. We've given this a definition as well at the Energetic Health Institute. A healer is a person who selflessly facilitates healing in others while knowing that the only person they can really heal is themselves. As healers, at the end of the day, all that truly matters is that the people who come to us for help feel better. There is no other pursuit, be it esoteric, scientific, or financial, even remotely in close, remotely close in importance for a healer. See, this is what I am. This is what I strive to be. This is what I raise my students at the Energetic Health Institute to grow into. 
because this is the potential of what we can be as a society. We don't have to accept lesser than. We don't have to accept corruption and evil as a necessary factor within our lives. We don't have to fall victim to that mentality, the prison of that mentality. And how do we exit from all that? By taking control, by learning how to heal ourselves, by going to people who care about us instead of caring about what's in our wallets. You see, this is why I'm so passionate about this topic because I see what's going on, the sickness. It's a slavery. Sure, it's by a different name. It doesn't change what it really is. Now, I believe in each one of us lives a healer. And if you check out my book, uh, Energetic Health Volume 1, it's available. Not proud of it, but it's available there on Amazon. One of the first things I write about is this belief. I believe in each one of us lives a healer. And all we have to do is get in attunement with the natural world to experience how powerful that healer truly is. That's right. There's untapped potential within you. And that's where knowledge and people who care, doctors and nurturers can help bring that out. We don't have to accept a medical system that values profits over people. We don't have to accept a medical system that thinks it's okay for you to wait an hour to see a provider and that the provider can now know how to help you within five minutes of a conversation. Are you kidding me? We don't have to accept a medical system that overbills and underdelivers and withholds evidence-based treatments from people in need. Aren't you appalled at what we've seen in the last two years that Family members have to stay away from our loved ones. When you go into a hospital, you're basically put in a prison bed and they get to do whatever they want to do without the consent of the family. Aren't you tired of that? I am. We don't have to accept a medical system that acts if they are gods in white coats, that they know everything. Who could? How about a little humility, please? And that they know so much that they can discard informed consent and compassionate care at their whimsy? Please. If you haven't listened to or read my family story right here on America Out Loud platform, I encourage you to do so. In fact, you probably have a similar story where the hospitals betrayed the trust that is essential between a doctor and a patient, between people in need and people who say they can help. Why in the world will we continue to place our faith in a medical system that routinely fails us when we can simply use our freedom to make a different choice? That makes no sense unless we are choosing the slavery of sickness and rejecting the freedom of what I'm proposing, energetic health. We have all that we need to build a new medical system founded on integrity, humility, compassion, logic, and science, as well as faith. And it's actually already started. I'm so excited about some of the projects I've heard around the country. We have all that we need to pursue the production of energy rather than waste our energy fighting against disease and people who are clearly corrupt 
all healing requires two things, the production of energy at the cellular level and the belief that you will heal. How exciting is that? A body producing vast amounts of energy at the cellular level is not susceptible to disease, particularly infections. A body producing vast amounts of energy at the cellular level is vibrant, happy, resilient, and therefore energetic. We don't need to settle for abusive relationships when it comes to our choices in healthcare. We can build a new world. We can take full control of our health, knowing how to care for the gift that we've been given, which is our body. This is the way. This is how you take off the invisible shackles from modern day slavery and walk through the gateways to true freedom. And we're going to start that process right here today. On today's show, we're going to discuss energetic cleansing and why it's a tool every freedom fighter should have at their disposal. How exciting, right? We write back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you. Ready to take control of your health? At EHI, we have many ways for you to tap into the power you already possess, heal what hurts as you learn scientifically supported healing art skills, natural skills that you'll be able to use for a lifetime. That's right. Their science and nature are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> we all want to see change in our world. So let's let that change begin with us, starting from the inside out, getting our body, our organs nice and cleaned out and working the way they're designed to work. Energetic cleansing is one of the many ways we can help you learn what the best doctors know, or at least they should. Learn how to confidently use bentonite clay, psyllium, therapeutic levels of nutrients, and wonderful herbs that you may not even be aware of how they all can work together to help you heal your body. Learn how your body is designed to work so you can truly care for yourself and learn how to feel amazing all over again, or perhaps in some cases for the very first time. Your body is designed to heal. It's fantastic at healing. And all you have to do is give it the right foods, nutrients, and care to unlock its true potential. The healing potential they don't want you to know how to get to. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org and check out our online and interactive energetic cleansing certification. Classes begin on March 11th and run throughout the year. This is definitely a healing skill you'll want to have. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. It's time to rethink COVID disinfection. A study by Harvard, Drexel, and Virginia Tech concluded, we don't have a single documented case of COVID transmission through surfaces. The reality is that COVID spreads mainly through the air. Shared air is the problem, not shared surfaces. The solution is the Genesis Fogger, which uses natural HOCL to disinfect both air and surfaces simultaneously. It's perfect for home or business. NIH says HOCL may well be the disinfectant of choice for coronaviruses. There's nothing more natural or more effective. Genesis fogs at the precise particle size to combat COVID and other harmful pathogens. It's what's missing from your disinfecting protocol. Visit genesisfogger.com. 
America Out Loud listeners receive a 15% discount with promo code OUTLOUD at genesisfogger.com slash OUTLOUD. Invincible American spirit drives the most audacious experiment in the history of self-government. America Out Loud celebrates the American spirit every minute of every day. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Well, you know, today, folks, I got to tell you, I'm feeling great. Um, I was a little little run down last week. You might have heard it in my voice a little bit. You know, a lot of work, a lot of late nights. Body's getting a little sluggish. I'm getting fatigued, uh, getting a little grumpy even, um, you know, looking at how my digestion is performing. Things aren't moving through my body really easily. So there's a really simple way you can check your bowel transit time if you're able to tolerate corn. You can eat whole kernel corn. And then from the time you swallow a few, you know, a few uh, spoonfuls of those niblets, you know, uh, you start measuring how long before you see them in your poop. And when you see them in your poop, that tells you how long your bowel transit time is, how long it takes for you to eat something to get it until it gets out of your body. And it's very important. Ideally, we like to see bowel transit time between about 14 to 18 hours, somewhere in that range, give or take, you know, a little bit so that you're not moving too fast through so that you can't absorb the nutrients, but you're also not taking too long. So your body starts building up toxemia um, to the waste. Your body starts recirculating the waste so that 14 hour, 14 hour to 18 hour bowel transit time for that corn would be ideal. But what we find is that most people aren't in that window. Most people are typically, you know, over 20 hours. Some people are over 24 hours. And we even have a lot of folks that are over 24, 48, 72 hours. You know, those folks that are only pooping a couple times a week. Well, that's not a good thing. All right. Because all you're doing is you're retaining and recirculating waste. See, when waste sits in the colon too long, it gets reabsorbed into the bloodstream. and Then it goes back to the liver for reprocessing. That's why people's bodies start hurting. That's why eyes and the whites of the eyes get red. Um, that's a sign of liver inflammation. That's why uh, people's skin gets very sensitive. When we start seeing skin um, abnormalities, malformations, uh, um, psoriasis, you know, uh, acne, um, eczema, things like that. It's because the internal organs aren't clean. They're just recirculating waste. Now I've been cleansing for over 22 years. It was one of the most impactful, um, and scientific cause I'm, I'm a nerd, you know, I'm, I, I love being a nerd. Uh, my background is in mechanical engineering. So if you can't explain it to me in a scientific way, it's going to be kind of hard for me to accept, not impossible, because I've seen some stuff that science can't explain too. But, um, you know, I, I need that. And I think many people need that. I want to, that helps build faith, build trust in what we're doing. So I was turned on to cleansing years ago um, by some of my mentors, uh, brilliant minds, brilliant people, good hearts. All right. All of them. And I started getting into cleansing way back in, in uh, 2000. Um, and, and I started with some small cleanses. I started with, you know, a couple of three-day cleanses and, you know, and you feel a little bit better for a couple of days, but it's, the changes aren't really sustained and they're not sustained because you didn't give the cleanse a long enough time. I came to learn that. 
But then I started branching out, you know, and trying different cleanses a week longer. And then I ended up doing, I think, a 35 or a 42 day cleanse, which is a little too long for the body now, in my opinion. But it helped me understand that the body heals in about 28 day cycles. So to me, a good cleanse, if you really want to be effective, is going to be 28 days, you know, a full healing cycle. Um, Why? because it takes time for cells to replicate. It takes time for cells to get rid of waste. It takes time for cells to utilize the nutrition that you're putting into the body to get the most out so they can become the healthiest version of themselves. And we usually see when we're working with our students in the energetic, uh, the energetic health Institute, the folks that go into the detox series program, um, you know, what we usually see in them is that they start um, feeling really good during a cleanse about day 17. Day 17, somewhere in there, day 14, day 17 is usually when people start really taking off and going, wow, I feel different and I feel definitively for the better, you know, because there's so much junk we got to clear out in the first couple of weeks. That's why I'm not a fan of shorter cleanses and things of that. I'm not a fan of cleanses in a box, you know, um, because oftentimes when you look at those cleanses in a box, they're not really giving a therapeutic amount of nutrients. And they're trying to give all these nutrients, like as if to clean every system of the body, instead of focusing on one system, like the digestion or one organ, like the liver or one uh, organ, like the kidneys. So, um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm passionate about it. I've seen it perform miracles in clinical situations, particularly when coupled and, and kind of um, offset with fasting practices, auto uh, autophagy, you know, something we've talked about in previous shows, folks, this is such an important skill for everybody to learn, especially, um, especially doctors and especially, um, healers, you know, to have this skill of going, okay, I know I have some tools, some significant tools in my tool belt to help people overcome serious disease. So my story, uh, I I've been cleansing for so long. I, I had never documented a cleanse, you know, until a few years ago, like six or seven years ago, I finally said, you know, let me document this and let's actually have some labs and show people what's going on. So I did some blood. uh, What I did was I ate like crap, like in Morgan Spurlock's uh, supersize me, I ate like crap for about two weeks prior to starting to cleanse. Uh, Felt terrible as, you know, documenting, taking pictures, journaling, all that stuff. But I ended up going in and getting some blood work done. And it was interesting my fasting glucose was uh, almost over a hundred and my kidney function had slowed significantly indicating that I was um, um, developing kidney stones in only a couple of weeks, right? That's how, that's how damaging uh, what we call food, but it's not really food can be. Additionally, my cholesterol levels had jumped to over 229. Triglycerides were elevated at 120, all indicating that my liver had started developing fatty deposits. This is only in a couple of weeks of eating like crap. I mean, I was shocked at this. Vitamin D levels had fallen. They were under, they were at 37.8 nanograms per milliliter. And my AM cortisol levels, which tell me how about my adrenals ability to help me produce energy had dropped as well to 10 point, uh, to 10.10, you know, and it was terrible. So for two weeks before I started cleansing, I was eating non-organic meat, non-organic fruits and vegetables. I was eat, making sure I was eating foods I was allergic to. I was eating processed foods, a lot of them. Um, I smoked. Um, I drank some alcohol four times during the, those two weeks. I didn't take any nutrients or herbs, and I practiced no yoga, no 
uh, meditation and breathing practice, and I did not sweat. I basically let my body turn into a bioaccumulating organism, and I paid the price in that for those first uh, those first two weeks. I mean, the pictures, if you ever take the course and you see the pictures are just terrible. I mean, I felt terrible and I looked terrible. And what ended up happening was we wanted to do that because we wanted to show where the starting point was. And then what we did was 28 days of cleansing using bentonite clay and psyllium, using high dose of therapeutic amounts of nutrients and herbs, using a lot of lifestyle practices that we teach in there. We show people how to juice. We even show folks how to do enemas, uh, coffee enemas, things like that. There's all these skills that are associated with cleansing. And, you know, they're optional, of course, but it there it's a good thing to happen because we wanted to see what's what, what does it take to get healthy? Well, the first thing it takes is to stop polluting yourself. You know, I was so excited to get to day one of the cleanse because I was like, I can stop eating all of this junk that I, I really never eat, um, save for, you know, I'll have a drink here and there if it's a family event or something, or I'll have a little indulgence here and there. I'm not, you know, trying to say that there's some idea of perfect out there because, you know, some sometimes, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of sugar tastes good, right? But it's not, it's an indulgence. It's not a staple of my diet or lifestyle, if you understand what I'm getting to. So the first thing, if you want to get healthy, is to stop doing what's making you sick, right? So that's, you know, avoiding the shots and confined animal feedlot meat and GMO foods and pesticides and sugar and proton pump inhibitors and antibiotics and polluted tap waters. I mean, you know, there's so many things we can easily avoid to help us stop the process of self-pollution then we have to open up the body. So we have to give the body the nutrients it needs to, to produce energy, the herbs and nutrients it needs to assist the, the cells getting rid of waste, and then make sure we open up the waste elimination channels, our ability to poop and to urinate, and especially to sweat and breathing, simple exhaling. You get those four major ones open and the body's going to do something phenomenal. It's going to shift from being this bioaccumulating pollution garbage bin and turn into this energy producing powerhouse. It's gonna get rid of the waste and say, great, now let's make some energy so we can pursue our dreams, right? So when we're talking about cleansing, you know, happiness is essential, sunlight is essential, journaling is essential, clean water and, and intention is essential, getting out in nature and earthing is essential, nutrients are essential, sleep is essential, and especially faith is essential. All these things are essential aspects to a really good cleanse. So you're not going to find that necessarily in a box. Well, you know, at the end, by the time I had gotten through um, 28 days of cleansing and God knows how many bowel movements and all the supportive therapies and really just imagine like a, taking a wet towel and just wringing it out. Like that's how I felt. Like I felt so good after the wringing pro uh, process of it to be like, oh, my body, after 28 days later, I feel incredible. So we went and tested actually, you know, the changes, what happened, you know, 28 days later, we went and tested and fasting glucose had dropped from 97 to 83 in only 28 days. The kidney performance went off the charts. So the kidneys started working and cleaning up the blood again. That's why I was feeling so much better and looking so much better. 
um, by the time I'd gotten through the full 28 day cleanse, cholesterol dropped from 229 to 190 in only 28 days. That's the power of cleansing when you used nutrients, right? Triglycerides had dropped from 120, it was 110 or 120 down to 84 fasting, right? So this is the thing, you know, the, the healing is possible. You just got to put your body in the position to, to be able to do what it does best. Vitamin D had risen in 28 days to 53.6 and AM cortisol was still a problem, but I suspect it was a problem at that time because I was really working about 20 hours a day while I was cleansing. I was, we were developing some things for the school, but I also right outside my bedroom window that always stayed open, we found some mold and I had to clean that mold. And ultimately, long story short, after we cleaned up the mold and everything within a month, um, I my energy was all back online. See, I was just breathing in mold spores at night. So there's so much that we can do here. And I think that's what's exciting about the potential of cleansing as it pertains to health freedom. A healthy person is a free person. A sick person is a person enslaved. All right. It's really that simple. So when we look at, at cleansing, this is why we talk about, hey, 28 days, you got to do this for 28 days. You got to give the cells time to do it, but you also have to focus on a particular organ or organ system. So what we do in energetic cleansing is we focus first, the first 28 day healing cycle is going to be just a digestive tract. Let's get the digestive tract open and functioning. Let's get that microbiome beautiful and producing butyrate and helping to balance out emotional states and everything and get rid of waste. Let's get that bowel transit time into that really wonderful 14 hour to 18 hour window. So we're optimizing the digestive process and let's show what the body can do when it can, when it's working at its best, right? So then we, um, then after that, we go in and we focus on liver, liver and gallbladder. That's next. That's the next 28 day healing cycle. And then the third one, it's kidneys and urinary bladder and, and really reproductive organs as well. We're focusing on those because when you clean the digestive tract, when you clean liver and gallbladder, when you clean the kidneys and urinary bladder and, and reproductive organs in succession, in that sequence, what you're effectively doing is cleaning the whole body. The heart is going to benefit. The central nervous system and peripheral nervous system is going to benefit. The lungs are going to benefit. Um, the muscle tissue and connective tissue are going to benefit. All of these tissues that are dependent and organs that are dependent upon a healthy digestion, liver and kidneys, because the liver and kidneys are your primary organs of filtration. All of those organs and tissues and cells that are dependent upon those working in their optimal way benefit. So that's why we focus on it. And then of course we do this within season. You know, we don't want to cleanse in the winter, you know, especially in you're in the Northern climates, that just doesn't make much sense. Okay. So there are some signs that you need to cleanse. Like if, if you notice your bowel transit time is super long, you know, it's over 18 hours, especially if it's over 20 hours, um, you, you need to cleanse. If your poop is really smelly, you need to cleanse. If you wipe your butt, and there's stuff like you have to use almost like a half a roll of toilet paper to clean yourself. You need to cleanse. These are all signs that you need to cleanse. If you're feeling fatigue run down, if your emotional state is a little grumpy, a little impatient, a little fearful, a little overwhelmed, these are all signs that you need to cleanse. You know, if you have major health issues going on and you're not getting anywhere. There's no progress being made. These are signs that you need to cleanse. We have to open up the body's ability to get rid of waste 
and nourish the cells with the nutrients they need and the amounts of those nutrients they need to produce energy. This isn't rocket science. It's just simple, basic scientific logic. You know, people will encounter problems of, I don't know what to choose and what to do. Yes. That's why it's so important to work with people who know what they're doing and really care, especially at the outset. This is a skill. You have to learn that skill. You wouldn't pick up a a piece of metal and start a forge and think you're a blacksmith, right? You just because you have a fire and metal in front of you and maybe a hammer to hit something, you have to learn the skill. You have to train with a blacksmith, right? This is the same thing here. You have to train with somebody who knows what they're doing. Example me, I've been doing this for 22 years. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm starting to cleanse next week. This is where we know we're going to give the, our body a gift of 28 days of protected time to reinvigorate itself, clean out the waste, and put the cells in the position to be the best version of themselves that they can be. It's not, it's not hard. Um, now, we have other problems. People will choose, you know, they'll choose the right things, like right nutrients or things like that, and then they don't take enough of them. We'll see problems where people are trying to treat everything all at once. Well, I'm going to do a full body cleanse. Well, I got good news for you. If you clean out your digestive tract, you are doing a full body cleanse because everything is dependent upon the digestive tract, right? So you can focus on one organ or organ system at a time, and you should, because if you start focusing on too many things, it's too overwhelming for the body. Body can't do a lot. It can really, body does a great job at focusing in on something, doing really one thing, one focused activity at a time. When you give it that gift, the body performs beautifully, especially when it comes to healing. Now, we also, you know, I mentioned cleansing in a box. There's all these cleanses out there. Oh, this is the best cleanse ever. This is the best cleanse. I've, I haven't seen one. I haven't seen one that blows me away. I've seen a couple that are really good, but I haven't seen one that blows me away because most people are missing key elements. One of the things I first look for when I look at cleanses in a box is, well, how are you supporting mitochondrial energy production? How are you supporting the body's ability to produce energy? Because without energy, none of the enzymes that are essential to detoxification can be created. None of the P450 cytochrome enzymes really are going to be created. So without energy, you got nothing. Well, if you can't, if I don't see any nutrients to help produce energy, then that cleanse is a waste. It's just, it's just for marketing. And that's what we see most out there. And that's, you know, it's sad, you know, because a little bit of knowledge can go a long way when it comes to this very important skill. Now, there are times people will have strange and uh, feelings and stuff. We're going to talk about that right after the break, because I got a couple of stories for you. I had a, I had a couple of things come up for me when I was cleansing over 28 days as well. But I'm going to tell you some stories of some students um, that and, and what they've gone through, because they're just beautiful stories of, of how we have more locked into us, particularly when it comes to emotion, than we realize. And that the longer we hold on to that emotion, especially when it's negative, the more destructive it becomes to our physical body and how, and, and how it gets in the way really of, of healing in general. So we're going to talk a little bit about bentonite clay. I think we come back a little bit about psyllium, but I want to tell a couple of these stories and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. Folks, emergencies don't last for years. From the outset, the CDC repeatedly violated federal laws to hyperinflate COVID data and defraud you and I, the American people. They lied while the people we love died. They failed while we suffered and they profit now to this day while we fight for what's right. If you're tired of this new normal crap, 
and this new normal of willful misconduct and fraud. If you're tired of the corruption, then fight for your freedom using love, logic, and light by signing the grand jury petition that can set us all free. Go to covidcon21.com to educate yourself on the alleged crimes that must be brought to justice. Join the more than 125,000 Americans demanding transparency, integrity, accountability in their governance. This isn't a party issue. This is a freedom issue, right? Let's have the guts to fight for our freedom. Go to covidcon21.com. If you are so inclined, there are opportunities to donate, and we do appreciate it. Every dollar goes to support legal efforts, scientific efforts to ensure that your families are free forever and that freedom is for all. Let's do what's right and enjoy the fight. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio right after these messages. In 2008, the amount of concentrated time people could spend on a task without becoming distracted was 12 seconds. Five years later, it was only eight seconds, one second less than a goldfish. If you find yourself always distracted or having trouble recalling information, you're likely to fall behind in the demanding, fast-paced 21st century. In other words, brain performance is more critical now than ever. Boost your brain power with Healthy Cells Focus Plus Recall. Science-backed nootropics to sharpen focus, concentrate longer, enhance recall, improve mental speed, learn rapidly, and be more alert. It's a pill-free brain supplement made with maximum absorption technology, designed to feed our brains at the cellular level. Take it for a test drive. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Focus Plus Recall. That's HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Let's talk energetic cleansing. Remember, we do have a class starting on March 11th. So you can go to energetichealthinstitute.org and check out our um, detox series, our energetic cleansing. It's called the detox series. It's our energetic cleansing and fasting certification uh, so that you can work with us directly. Even though you're online, we have students all over the world that that join these courses. Uh, We do a great job of interacting, making sure we're always available so that you get all your questions answered. You're never alone, but most importantly, you have supervision, particularly during your first cleanse, because that's when most of the questions come up, because that's where you're like, hey, I'm in uncharted territory, and I don't know if what I'm feeling is good or bad sometimes, because you'll have a what's called a healing reaction, right? Where some, uh, you know, they say that the body heals from the inside out, from the top down and the reverse order of the diseases we've had. This is Herring's Law of Cure, very famous homeopath, um, one of the most well-written homeopaths, most most densely written homeopaths out there. And it was just his clinical observations. And I got to tell you, I've seen it to be true in my practice as well. The body heals from the inside out, from the top down and the reverse order of disease. But the healing process can be a little bit of a roller coaster ride sometimes, right? If anybody, if you've gone through that or embarked upon that, you know what I'm talking about. There can be emotions that you didn't know were in there that come up. You can be sensations, physical sensations that are hard to figure out. Hey, is this me getting better or is this me getting worse? I don't know. And that's why working with people, particularly during your first major cleanse is so important because when you work with people who know and also people who really care, number one, they're going to always, we're going to be available for you you know, to help answer questions and make sure you're, you know, we, when, if we need to tone, 
something down, we can. If we need to turn something up, we can. But that's where the little subtleties of expertise come in and why it's so important to work with people. All right. Work with people that know because guesswork here is akin to you trying to be a blacksmith and having a forge and an iron and a hammer and thinking you're going to shape a sword. That's not going to how it's going to work out. Right. You need people who've been there first. So uh, when we talk about cleansing, energetic cleansing, um, there are certain tools that we have that we use. And of course, high high dose therapeutic amounts of key nutrients and herbs is, is in there so we can focus on an organ and, and organ health. But, and also lifestyle, hugely important as well, you know, getting that lifestyle set up so that we're no longer polluting the body and that we're really putting the body in a perfect situation of healing. And we, we help you do all that, right? When you, when you study with us, but there's some keys and these are other things that I look for when I look for cleanses in a box, you know, what, what's in that box, you know, what are you saying is cleansing? Uh, for years, we've had people talk about the master cleanse, right? The cayenne pepper, maple syrup and water. And that's, not a cleanse. Okay. Um, it's a great marketing name and it's effective because you can tell because people have what they've experienced, but really it has more to do with fasting and that's getting more into autophagy. Um, so it's, it's not a cleanse. It's actually more of a fast. It's a low calorie kind of fast with a little bit of that maple syrup. But what it does is it creates um, cayenne pepper moves the blood. Uh, lemon is going to be helpful for the liver. Um, you know, and the maple syrup is just to help people going. So, cause you know, most people can't go three plus days without uh, eating any calories. So it's just to get to put a little calories in there. Um, so it's effective, but it's kind of miscast. It's not really um, a cleanse. It's a kind of a fast. All right. So if for something to be a cleanse, we have to have, in my professional opinion, inclusion of two very important substances, uh, bentonite clay and psyllium. Now, bentonite clay is going to be an adsorber. It does, it's not digestible. It doesn't get into the bloodstream. But what it does do is it helps to bind things that are in the digestive tract that should not be there. Things like dysbiotic, bad um, bacteria. All right. It helps to grab those things so that you can poop them out. It also helps to grab old bile. So see, when the liver is... Um, and, and really psyllium does this much more so, but, but bentonite clay does it to a certain extent as well. What it, what it does is when you have a bentonite clay, there's something in there, think of it like a sponge. It'll, it will grab what the body starts kicking out. So as the liver starts filtering waste and pushing it into the lumen, the opening of the digestive tract, there's something there to sponge it up so it can't be reabsorbed in the colon and it can only be pooped out. That's the power of bentonite clay. We've seen it completely transform people's health. I mean, there aren't many times I'm going to refer to something as with miracle potential, but bentonite clay and psyllium in combination have that. Uh, infrared saunas have that. Um, uh, green tea has that. Uh, liposomal glutathione has that, um, cannabis has that, this, this miracle potential when used in the right situations and in the right amounts. It has the ability to transform a person's health in ways that very few people believe are possible. And that's why we call them miracle potentials. Okay. So bentonite clay falls into that because it's that adsorber, that sponge. Psyllium 
falls into that as well because psyllium is a bulking agent. Most people are so fiber deficient in their diets because they're eating um, high contents of, of animal proteins, which don't have any fiber and, and things of that nature. And a lot of empty calories, sugars, carbohydrates, things like that, that most people are so psyllium deficient, excuse me, so um, fiber deficient that what happens is they have an inability to have a bulking agent. So you think of fiber. When you think about the digestive tract, there's all these wonderful muscles that surround the digestive tract and they're called smooth muscles and they're innervated by the uh, autonomic nervous system. But what they do is they create this peristaltic waves and these segmentation aspects so that food can move along the digestive tract and that you can really improve the bowel transit time. See, most of the time when people have a prolonged bowel transit time. It takes longer than 20 hours for them to digest and get rid of the food that they ate. That what it's saying is there's an atrophy to the muscles of the digestive tract. Okay. And what we do is we put a lot of fiber into the diet while cleansing because the fiber is going to give the muscles something to push against. And what that does is it builds the muscles back up so that peristalsis, the wave-like contractions and segmentation start to really get strong and powerful again. And when they get strong and powerful, something amazing happens. Digestion improves because now things aren't sitting in the digestion and the digestive tract rotting. Okay. So psyllium also has the added benefit of binding old bile. So when the liver kicks out bile to try to get rid of waste, it gets bound, sponged up by the psyllium as well. And now it can't be reabsorbed by the colon. It's got to be pooped out. And the cool part about that is when you poop out old bile, it forces the liver to make new bile. And every time you force the liver to make new bile, it's getting rid of more waste from every far reach of the body. Signals get sent out to the nervous system, the cells saying, hey, we're open for business. Kick out that waste that you've been holding on to because now we can actually get rid of it. It's not going to back up in the liver. We can get rid of it. That's the power of 28 days of bentonite clay and psyllium, but you need to learn how to use them. And that's where a course like we're offering comes in. So I whether it's us or somebody else, that's fine. Just make sure they know what they're doing. And one way to assess is, hey, you're talking to me about cleansing. Are you using bentonite clay and psyllium? No? Okay. Well, you're not cleansing. That's how important they are. So what's the effect when somebody has been cleansing for a long time, been cleansing for 28 days, right? What's the effect? What are some of the things that can happen? For me, you saw, you know, I talked about the labs. There's, there's obvious improvement in the labs. Cholesterol went down, triglycerides went down, fasting blood sugars went down, kidney performance improved, right? There's, there's obvious physical improvements that go on um, and we have it documented. What also happens though is emotion. The only thing that can come out of us is what's already in us. So if we've suppressed and internalized and locked in some emotions, some experiences that didn't feel good to us. Those are always having an adverse effect upon our bodies, but a lot of times it becomes normal. It's, we adapt to it and we like, yeah, it's just who I am, right? Well, when you start cleansing, it opens you up to be a little bit more vulnerable. And when you're vulnerable, it doesn't give you the ability to kind of hold on to certain emotions that are bad. The body wants to get them out because they're not good. And the only way the body can really get out those kind of emotions is through expression. So we've had students who, you know, day 21, 22, 
just got, you know, there's all this anger welling up. And one of our students, she grabbed this, and she did this perfectly. She grabbed a bat and, and, a, and a bed mattress and just went to town, started beating the crap out of the bed mattress. And then we, and she called us. She's like, <gasps> just, you know, she told us, we did. She's like, are you okay? She was like, yeah, I'm fine. I feel great. I feel the best I've ever had. You know, I had that in me, that anger in me for so long. And then I just, ignored it. And I didn't, I forgot about it, but I didn't realize it was always there. And then it just came out and we were like, how are you feeling? She said lighter. And this is the one thing people all report when they're healing that they feel lighter and like, okay, that was great. And you channeled that energy to get out of you in a productive way, bat in a mattress, right? Cool. But how did, why did that come up? Was it the cleanse that did it? No, it was the cleanse that made it possible. It's what was always living in her and she had to get it out. We had another student call us who was like going through it. And, you know, it's again after day 17 and she just was having an emotional breakdown while she was driving. We said, okay, thank you for calling us. This is the kind of support you get. And we had her pull over. We had her get out, take off her shoes, sit, sit down on some grass, you know, at a little park that she was near and everything. And just, we just talked to her for an hour. And she told us a lot of the things that she was holding on to, the emotion that she was holding on to and how she wanted to let it go. And, and the conversation was that moment for her, the expression of the tears and the crying and everything. And afterwards, she said the same thing. How, how do you feel now? Are you ready to get back in your vehicle? Is it safe for you to get back in your vehicle? Yeah, it is. I feel lighter, right? How cool is that, right? We have another student who the first cleanse she went through with the digestive tract, she didn't feel anything. But by the second and the third, she took off. So it might not be that kind of magic the first time you cleanse, but if you keep at with this lifestyle, you'll get out of the body what you need to get out. Folks, I got to tell you, I love cleansing. I just want to share some final thoughts. I love cleansing. I love natural medicine. It, it's what gives me juice. I'm so excited to work with these folks we're going to have on next week. Um, Stephanie DeGarry, Amanda Damien, Maddie DeGarry, if she's uh, open to talking with us. I'm so excited about it because I love the potential of what natural medicine is. I've seen it work. That's all I've ever seen in my career. Is it working? And it's so frustrating to always be told to take a back seat to things that don't work when you know you got something that really does, right? So we're really excited about this. I'm really excited about cleansing because I know what it can do for you. I hope you check us out at energetichealthinstitute.org and check out our cleansing certification, our energetic cleansing certification, um, because it's a skill that will help you stay free for the rest of your life. And I mean that. So remember our Pathway to Victory has really four divine challenges for us all, to take no offense, to speak truth, to be selfless, and to remain humble. May our creator shine his divine light down upon us, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. Until next week, I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and Energetic Health Institute, and I say to you, aloha and adios.